0: Marketing Espresso, making marketing as enjoyable, energizing, and digestible as your morning coffee. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Marketing Espresso. So grateful that you have chosen to listen to this podcast. I know there's thousands out there, so I'm very appreciative you've chosen this one. As always, the way that you can help me out the absolute most is by leaving a review and a rating. That's how people can find my podcast easier. It's how it kind of like throws it out into the world more. So yeah, if you can do that, highly appreciate it. And also like reach out, say hi and like connect with me and let me know what you're loving and let me know if there's anything you want me to talk about or any topics. Yeah, you know, you're thinking about that you're struggling with your marketing. So it's a Tuesday. Of course, I have a guest for you today and I have a Nancy McDonald-Ruder. She's an executive coach, a leadership advisor, and a marketing consultant with more than 25 years of experience. She began her career at the Leo Burnett Company and in 2002 founded Noic Consultants. Working with clients such as Samsung, PepsiCo, Nike, Marriott, Mayo Clinic, and Discovery, Nancy serves as a a professor at Georgetown University and is the creative of the Noic Art and Science Assessment. She's also the author of the book, How Senior Marketers Scale the Heights. She's an active member of various not-for-profit boards as well. She's a sought-after educator and speaker with experience in topics related to marketing, leadership, entrepreneurship, and brand awareness. She combines expertise and heart, moving audiences to action with a clear path to change. I really hope that you love this conversation. I did. So I hope that you get plenty out of it and absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, as always, send me some feedback. Let me know what you think. Nancy, thank you so much for coming on Marketing Espresso. Thank you for having me back. I'm so grateful that you like, well, it was actually like, I would say your PA, BA, yeah, yeah. reached out to me and said, I've got someone for the podcast because, oh my God, we've just been chatting. We've just met this morning or well, evening for you. And you've already... Morning for booked- you. I <laughs> know, it's early morning. This is why I sound like this. It's not that early. It's actually eight o'clock. Calm down, Beck. I've been speaking to you for 15 minutes and I already feel like you've blown my mind a little bit and I am dying to read your book. So I will put the book details in the show notes, but we'll kind of get into it because today I've said we're calling this episode Scaling the Heights because this is actually part of the name of your book. And I would love if you could gift the audience. So pretty much your book is around... You interviewed some pretty awesome marketing specialists, I guess. Would you call them specialists or just marketing people? Uh, I call
1: them senior marketers. Yeah, okay. Uh, cool. Some of them, you know, are chief marketing officers. Some of them are senior leaders at agencies. So they, they come from all different industries and sides of the business, but they're all quite senior.
0: Yeah, I love that. And so you interviewed these people with the I guess with the want to find out what marketing success is or how do you have marketing success? Is that sort of the gist of it?
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. Because I had been working in my business, which is a marketing consultancy for many years. And I've had the privilege of of being in the atmosphere with these people and seeing them do extraordinary things. And what I noticed is how much they, you know, it's ever changing and, you know, it's not easy. And they don't just survive it they they thrive yeah now not every last person but you know the people <laughs> who are really successful with it and so I wanted to unpack that and really yeah. understand you know why is that what is it that they're doing what is it that they're thinking what is it that they're believing that leads to that kind of success so that was what I was seeking to do with the book
0: I love that because I'm I'm probably a little bit like you I love understanding what it is that makes people tick or Or what is it that makes them so successful? You know, like what are those things they're doing differently to the rest of us that we can pick up and learn from, right? Like lifelong learner. So tell us, what were the main things that you found?
1: Yeah. So one of the really key things, and you just mentioned it, is they are voracious learners Mm -hmm. and they really don't fear, you know, failure. In fact, they don't, they don't talk in terms of failure, they just talk in terms of learning. So When I talk in the book about scaling the heights and I call them Jacks and Jills, I call them that because that, you know, nursery rhyme we all know, Jack and Jill tumble down the hill, but they but they get back up and they dust themselves off and they keep on climbing. So Mm -hmm. they just look at it as as learning. And when I really looked across like the whole body of research, one of the really key things was in that learning and in becoming that senior they are availing themselves of a full range of marketing skills on what I call the art side and the science side. Mm-hmm. And it, does, it doesn't it does mean that they're excellent at every last skill, but they know what they're good at, they know what gaps they may have to fill, and they know when to shift from the art side to the science side and, and vice versa. And if you think about, you know, when I say science, what I really mean by that is you know, what you would think about in terms of the linear thinking, data analysis, you know, all of the things that are, are kind of those more math related uh, parts of the, of the work and the function. And then on the, on the art side, we're really talking about things like ideation, intuition, storytelling, you know, the aspects that really come with the other side to, to round it out. And so as I codified that learning, as I was hearing about it in all different kinds of ways from the people that I interviewed, I developed what's called the art and science assessment so that readers can assess it for themselves to see how they lean. So, um, that I need to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's in the book. So you can do it, you know, you can do it that way. You can also go to our website to get access to it online. Oh, cool. Um, and, and as you said, we'll, we'll put that in the, sure, in the show sure note. notes and then it, and then it shows you which way you lean, you know, whether you're more art side or whether you're more science side. And then importantly, it gives you a toolkit of the things that you can do to then strengthen where you may be, Weaker, And I will tell you personally, I grew up like completely artful. I was art all the way through college. And then as I got out into the work world, I realized I was kind of missing this whole other side. So I tortured myself with, I mean, I went to (laughs) school um, and got an MBA in very quantitative program at University of Chicago to get that science side so that I could balance myself out. So I might be like an extreme example. But I think it's a good example because anybody can shift themselves. Anybody can grow on the side where they might be weaker.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting because I've always, it's so funny. When when I was younger, you would probably always say I was more creative. But as I got into the workforce, I definitely became numbers driven because the numbers sort of hyped me up. Like when I saw yeah. you know good numbers, I was like, yeah, I'm doing a good job. So then I got really detailed in how can I do these numbers? but often <laughs> I would be sitting in front of a spreadsheet and literally I would, there wasn't many times where I wasn't looking deep in data. Like I'm talking like I was in like 60,000 line spreadsheets, like, like deep in this data where I wouldn't cry. Like genuinely, I would always cry <laughs> because it was so, there was a part of it for me that was so overwhelming. But even yeah. now, as I've shifted into my own business and kind of I'm still very numbers driven but I found the creative is probably coming more back in but creative in a way that's strategic and still going to get numbers because yeah. I'm still so outcome Yeah and I'm outcome focused and I find it interesting because and I've had people on the podcast talking about our strengths right so how we if we strengthen our strengths that helps us lean into them but I do still feel for me like you can have strengths on both I guess numbers. Yeah,
1: yeah, you can. And and you're you likely most people are going to have to work a bit harder on one side or the other, they might find one side more enjoyable than the other. But equally, I've often heard people say, just as you said, like, Mm. as I unlocked it for myself, I actually came to enjoy it. And what I think is important to bear in mind and just name is that, you know, there can be a lot of emotion around learning. You know, our brains are wired for fear. It's not our fault. But like, we don't like to feel incompetent. And it puts us in fear mode. And so we have to push ourselves into staying curious. And I've equally heard people, you know, you were saying that it would bring you to tears. I've heard some people say, like, I would look at a spreadsheet and just like glaze over. Mm. Um, But I've equally heard people who are weaker on the art side say like, my palms are sweating if I'm in a brainstorm session, like I just, I I just struggle with that. Or I don't, I don't have an eye, you know, I don't have that kind of emotional intelligence, gut instinct, like whatever it is on the artful side. So it there's going to be emotion on either side where you feel any level of incompetence. And everybody feels that (laughs) to Mm -hmm. some degree. But it's just about leaning into the learning so that you can improve from wherever you are.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. So, okay, let's bring it back to say a small business owner, right? That's doing their own marketing. How can this sort of information about how these very highly successful marketers and like, I want to put myself in that camp because I got quite high up in my career, but I've never actually broken down why I got high up in my career. I just sort of thought I winged it, but I actually now hearing you talk, I'm like, no, I think it's because I did know how to balance it. Like I, yeah. I knew when I needed to be numbers focused and I knew when the pressure was on to be creative because yes. you know, to be honest, I used to hate when I was in corporate roles, the idea of having to come up with ideas on the spot, I would freeze. Whereas now I'm like, oh yeah, I've got like 50 just waiting to go. And I think it's because I've probably got space now to be creative. Whereas yes. when when I was in corporates, I think the pressure kind of squashed me in and wasn't good for my...
1: And, and can shut off your brain. And that's the yeah. fear. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, totally, fear,
1: right. When you feel frozen, that's the fear. So for for business owners, and and I'm one. I, I've been running a business for for twenty years. I think really being a learner is is critical. Yeah, and then thinking about if if you're thinking about you know to your question of like how do I think about marketing for my organization, it's always going to be a blend of the art and the science. So let's say you are trying to make a name for yourself in a certain sector or with a certain audience, you need to do some science-based due diligence on who is that audience? How big are they? How do I best reach them? What channels are going to be best? And then on the back end, you're going to want to measure. Mm. And you need to understand, again, on the science side, like what matters to them? How do I talk about my service in relation to a way in which they would have interest. And then you need to very artfully take that message into those channels and tell it in such a way that you're going to engage people. You know, you're going to use those fresh ideas. You're going to use intuition. You're going to make it warm and emotional in whatever way is the right tone for your brand. So all of those things being on more of the art side. So it's definitely got to be that combination of the both. And then test and learn. Um, Test and learn is one of the things that the um, senior marketers, I call them Jackson Jills um, in the book, talk about. It's a key way of being able to learn and then learn some more, learn and then learn some more. And and resilience. I mean, I know the word gets thrown around a lot, um, but when I wrote the new edition of the book, and I'll just... I'll hold it up here. This is the new edition, and you know that you have the new edition on Amazon when you see my face with the old edition <laughs>
0: in my hand. That's how you know. I love it because I want to hear. Okay, well, I want to hear why the new edition exists. But continue. Sorry, I it in. Continue with yeah, the Not at all.
1: Um, in the new edition, people talked. The senior marketers I spoke with some were ones I had spoken to before, and some were were new. You know, going on two, three years later, mm. they talked a lot about aspects such as resilience yeah. and and self-care you know we got into a lot of aspects that it's like oh well what does that have to do with marketing it has everything to do with marketing because if you're going to continue to innovate and get out there you have to have that ability to fill your cup and have the wherewithal to do it again and i think that that is super super relevant for any business owner yeah you that. know you just have days you don't feel like you know what you're doing or you don't <laughs> feel like you did a good job and Then you're doing it right. Like that's that's what it is to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, I like to say if you can't stand if you can't stand the heat, don't be an entrepreneur. I love (laughs) that. I'm watching it. Right? It's like if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. But I'm like, can't stand the heat? Don't be an entrepreneur. It's (laughs)
0: true. Like I feel like that's a conversation I have a lot with clients. It's like, but can I? And I'm like, the imposter is just coming in, folks. Like, just let it be there, but just ignore it. Like, name it, ignore it, and just keep going. Like. I think the resilience thing's so so true too. Like you have to cuz like in Australia we've been weathering a storm pretty much this whole year and I think you know I haven't really named it or said it out loud cuz I'm a positive person. I try not to get caught up in the shit, right? Like I really do. But I feel sometimes, you know, you got to call it out and say, yeah, it's been a, it's been a turbulent 6 months, 8 months actually for pretty much every business here. I I believe the states is the same. And the people that are that know it's a season. And they're like, yep, I just need to be resilient through this. Have the days where you're crying and you're in the corner and you're like, oh God, why did I do this to myself? But if you can get through those days, which you can, because you don't have a choice really, if you can get through those days and be kind to yourself yes. through it, I think you can, you can weather the storm. You can come out the other side and be like, oh, we got through that, guys. Like that was tough, but we're, you know, we're on the other side. And I think it is that that resilience piece, right?
1: And the level of reward can be even greater. There's just something about the human condition that if you suffer a bit to get something done, that, that, that reward is just all the stronger.
0: Yeah, it's so true. So I'm trying something new on marketing espresso and you're the first guest actually.
1: (laughs) I'm the guinea pig. Excellent. You are
0: the guinea pig. So at the end of every episode, I want to ask a guest, what is the best piece of advice you could give someone?
1: So uh, I will give credit where credit's due to my dad, who's no longer with us. But when he turned 70 um, some years ago, when he was still alive, he wrote 10 guidelines for life and he gave it to his kids and his grandkids. And it was just wisdom that he'd curated across many years. And I use it all the time. Like There's always something in there. The piece that I'll put—I mean, it's all good. They're all good. I'll send it to you. You can put it in the show I, notes. I feel like,
0: like that you. is so special. What a it's gift. amazing!
1: It's amazing. We all have it framed. You know, we have it. It's it's around. I've given. It to I've so got many goosebumps.
0: People. That's special.
1: That's yeah. Really special. He was he was an amazing. He was an amazing guy, and he was an entrepreneur. And and why I pull this out of the ten because they're all great, but why I pull this out of the ten is it? It's a little surprising. I definitely thought it was surprising, but it's super useful. So it's don't make a decision before you have to. And by that, what he meant was, because each one, he had like the line and then he had a little explainer. And so he said, by that, I mean, seek out more information, particularly if it's an important decision with a lot of implications. And I can't tell you how many times I've used that. So if you're struggling to make a decision it can be for various reasons. Oftentimes though, you don't have enough information to make a good decision and somewhere in your gut, you know it, and it's making Mm -hmm. you hesitate. And, or you know, this decision is important and you're going to live with the ramifications for a while, and that's making you pause. And three, I don't know how true this is for other people, but it's super true for me. If I'm too fatigued, I can't make decisions. It's like just one of the things that just like turns off. So you ask yourself, do I need to make this decision today? When do I actually need to make this decision by? And you'd be amazed how often you have more time than you realize. And we all know we have to make split-second decisions all the time. You know, am I going to stop at the yellow light or I'm going to hit the gas? <laughs> you know, we make those decisions all the time. But these big decisions, don't make it before you have to. Seek out more information and then. Take all of that in, and you will come to your best answer. So, so that's that's the one that I just
0: yeah. I, I've lived with for a long time now, and it helps me a lot. I love that. I'm glad I'm asking these questions now. Okay, I have one more for you. <laughs> what is the worst piece of advice you've ever received?
1: Oh my goodness,
0: um, <laughs> it's a hard one, right?
1: That's a hard one. Yeah, I, the worst piece of advice. It's 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 a
0: hard one because it's like, do I name it? <laughs>
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you I received it very poorly at the time and I but I think there are moments that it it can apply but it, it it will feel super pessimistic, which is what I didn't like about it. So, I had a mentor say to me one time, don't expect and then you won't be disappointed. Oh, right. So, I was Oh, that's icky. Ser- I know. I know I was dealing with like a series of disappointments that related to somebody that I was working with, you know, and I was, and I was frustrated. And I remember when he told me I was pretty young, but it stuck with me all this time. Cause I was like, why are you saying that? Like, (laughs) don't expect, but I do think there are some times when you find yourself in a situation that you can't get out of for whatever reason, like you kind of have to stick with whatever it is. If you do reduce your expectations of how others will act. Mm. You can free yourself up a little bit. Yeah, that's true. I don't like it because it's inherently pessimistic. And I like to set the bar high and, you know, and hope for the best in all things and all people. I'm just like very optimistic. But I kind of get where he was coming from. But man, I was just really appalled at that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like the minute you said it, I was like, oh, that's so negative. (laughs) But I do also see the point. I do see the point. Like there is there is still gold in that somewhere. We found it because we're positive. Somewhere, somewhere <laughs> in there. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. It has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. I'm sure you'll be back, but where can people find you?
1: Um, sure. So I would love for people to find me on LinkedIn. Um, so I'm Nancy McDonnell Reuter. It's Nancy with an I-E. Mm-hmm. So make sure you spell that right. McDonald Reuter, two words. Also, our website. Um, is a great way to um, find me, which is noetic, uh, N-O-E-T-I-C, rhymes with poetic, but with an N, consultants.com and on Instagram um, as well, where no. I, I don't remember my handle, but I think if you look up see <laughs> cool. with an I-E
0: and start the McDonald, I'll show up. We'll find you. And I'll put all these details in the show notes so it's easy for people to... Awesome. Thank you
1: so much awesome. for joining me. Yeah. And this, they can find on Amazon.
0: Awesome! We'll put a link. And to remember,
1: I have to be holding the old
0: book, and then you know you have the new book. <laughs> I love that you did that, by the way. Very creative. <laughs> I must
1: give a shout out to Tanya Laterman on my team who came up with that idea. Yeah, yeah, it. between her and the designer, and I was like, "No, I'm not putting my face on the front of the book," and then she talked me into it. Yeah, I love it. I'm glad you did. <laughs>
0: Hi, Beck here, just dropping in to say that if you are struggling with your marketing planning, I have got the solution just for you. I have recently launched my marketing planner to the world and I am offering it to you at a 5% discount for listening to the potty. You can see what's in the planner and how it's going to change your life simply by visiting my website, beckchapel.com.au and heading to the resources section. When you're ready to check out, chuck in Potty VIP and you'll get your 5% discount. Thanks for listening and I hope that it changes your life.